0: Hey, guys, it's Victor. Just want to say thanks for listening to Who Are You Again? And I heard a little rumor that if you subscribe, the pandemic will be over. Hmm, just saying. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook on the line and is this a sign call it what you want call me when you want call me what you want just don't call it too soon who are you again asking for a friend i remember you if you remember me too hi welcome to who are you again i'm so excited to be back again with new episodes as you all know it's been a pretty crazy year a lot of things have changed And I'm sure we'll dive right into that soon. But today, I have the pleasure of talking with one of my favorite people in the universe. She and I met four years ago, which it really doesn't feel like it was that long ago, when we performed with the National Theater for Children. She's literally the most gorgeous person I've ever met. And to be honest, there's simply not enough time to really convey how amazing she is. So... Angie Fennell, how are you? And how was that intro?
1: <laughs> oh my God, I'm blushing.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you're blushing. You're such I'm an blushing. actress.
1: <laughs> it was a beautiful intro. Well done, Victor. And congrats on your master's degree, mister.
0: Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> how does that feel? Honestly, <laughs> like, it's been a really great experience, but I'm so relieved that it's coming towards an end just because... Hell yeah. Yeah, it feels like I've been in grad school forever and I'm actually still doing a little bit of my clinical hours. So the rest of my cohort, they like finished, they're done for in May. They're done for. That sounds like murder. (laughs) Um, It did. It's like they're done for. Um, But they all finished in May. And so I'm just kind of doing like this last residual stuff, but I'll be done in July.
1: Nice. All right. Well, that end is very, very close. Definitely in sight.
0: It is. Like, I can't even believe it's towards the end of June. I feel like this month really just kind of flew by.
1: Yeah, it did. It absolutely did.
0: But how are you? Tell me about your life.
1: I'm good. Let's see. I live in Maryland now, in Columbia, Maryland. <laughs> I'm a suburb girl. And oh, my God. Different. <laughs> West Philly was kind of my home for about five years and Philly in general for about ten and I moved states. I moved to Maryland. I now live in like a very residential community with walking paths and and a library. And it's, it's lovely.
0: Did you just call sidewalks walking paths?
1: Yes, I did. Walking paths. And, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like through the woods, walking paths. And like we have a lake, which is amazing. The other day I saw something in the lake. There's this big lake called Lake Elkhorn. It's like a two mile loop. Yeah, And there's all these crazy animals in it. And I like, I swear I saw a cat swimming in the lake. And I stopped like a random stranger on the street and said, what is that? What is that in the water? And he said, ma'am,
0: that's oh my a beaver.
1: God.
0: Wait, <laughs> you thought like... a cat looked like a beaver? I did. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, though, like I don't even know if I've ever seen a real beaver in real life. Right? I think the only... The only beaver I've ever seen was that beaver in Franklin. Do you remember Franklin?
1: I remember Franklin, but I don't remember the beaver.
0: Well, they all all had their own individual names, but for some reason the beaver didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a nameless beaver. It's like just beaver.
0: Um, Aww. so there's this lake where you see a bunch of animals and you thought a beaver was a
1: cat. a cat, a cat. Yeah. And he said, ma'am, that's a beaver. And he said, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm from Philadelphia. And he said, no lakes there, huh? And I was like, no, we got the Schuylkill, but nothing lives in the Schuylkill. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing lives in the Schuylkill. You're done
1: for if you go into the Schuylkill. <laughs> yeah.
0: It rains and the Schuylkill turns brown.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Delicious. Wait, so how far are you from Baltimore? Because I know you're not too far, right?
1: No, nope, we're about 25 minutes away from Baltimore without traffic. We were just there a couple weekends ago hanging out with some friends. And it's, it's really cute. I was introduced to like friends of friends. And one person asked me where I was from. And I said, Philly. And she said, oh my gosh, I love Philly so much. And we had a cute conversation about it. And it just made me feel good to be in Baltimore. Like, it sounds like they're kind of sister cities. Where there's, like, respect for each other, which is cute. I don't know. I liked it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been wondering, though, like, do you miss Philly?
1: Yeah, I miss the restaurants a lot. I definitely took for granted, like, how many fantastic options are out there for dinner and lunch or whatever. I definitely miss it. I miss my block. I had a really cool pizza joint right out the end of my block where you could watch like sports games and stuff.
0: What pizza place is it?
1: It's uh Pescali's on 43rd in the corner of Walnut and 43rd. And they do beer to go and pizza to go, but you can like just like enjoy a bottle of wine with friends and like like everyone in the neighborhood would do it and just sit mm-hmm. and watch like the playoffs. And I had really great memories doing that. And the local library was really cool, like the Philadelphia free Library is amazing. I would go to the one on oh gosh, is it fortieth and what? yeah,
0: it's right off fortieth, like right near like the Mcdonald's the c v s yes. the movie theater, all of that,
1: yeah, right there. I mean, like think about all those things within walking distance, like amazing. I miss I lived across the street from a grocery store, so like if I woke up wanting fruit loops, it was literally. <laughs> across the street i could go and buy fruit loops. Oh my god. Th- that's
0: like the american dream apparently.
1: Yeah. It was. <laughs> I was living the dream. It was great. I had a balcony to overlook like the sunset, which was mm-hmm. nice. I miss that, but i do really like where i'm living now. We're in kind of i wouldn't call it woodsy, but mm-hmm. we like our apartment gets no natural sunlight because there's so many trees around. Oh, I would hate
0: that, though.
1: I love it because you hear the trees rustling and there's animals everywhere nearby. It feels like you're in the woods, but you are close to civilization. And there's just more space. You know, there's, there's a lot more space to walk around. It's nice. I like the area. And we're only two hours away from Philly, which is nice, too.
0: I think that's one of the best things about living in either Maryland or Pennsylvania or Virginia. Like... We're so close to each other that you kind of have everything that you'd ever want to do within reach. Like the beach is near, the mountains are near, several cities, like even though you live in a different place, you're truly not that far away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's great. We're having a great time here. I mean, the one downside to moving to Maryland now is that we have what's called Brood X, which is a cicada infestation.
0: Oh my God.
1: Have you heard of that?
0: So I'm fully familiar with the cicadas. I <laughs> Yes,
1: yes cuz you're from um you spent some time in Virginia.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> thank god. So for everyone listening, I grew up in Illinois, but I moved to Virginia right before high school. But when I moved to Virginia, I had just missed the cicadas and when I learned about the cicadas, I was horrified. Like I think that's absolutely disgusting they just land on you like the the lantern flies right
1: it's absolutely disgusting we don't have lantern flies yet but i'm told they're coming but these cicadas every 17 years they come out of hibernation in the ground and you see these little holes in the ground where they you know burrow themselves out and they fly around they're blind and they (laughs) shed their skin so they're like outer skins are everywhere and you hear this like abominable humming outside this like like bug chirping humming is oh, extremely God. loud and we're we're just getting out of it now but it's like last week i'd be walking the dog and it's they would just land on me constantly it was it was absolutely disgusting wait but so ho- they're
0: they're gone now
1: so their carcasses are everywhere <laughs> but i don't hear the humming anymore so i think it's like the last of the cicadas are dying off
0: Oh my God, that's gross. There was it's gross. Um, I was watching, I think it was, yeah, it was CNN. I was watching New Day because I watched CNN probably like every morning before work. But they were talking about the cicadas and they were talking about how they're apparently hypersexual and <laughs> yeah, they have like these extreme libidos and it, it was a whole thing.
1: They're thirsty as hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're thirsty. They're like, <laughs> we just went through a pandemic. We want some too. Oh, my God.
1: That's so gross to think about like bugs having an agenda like that.
0: I mean, it's (laughs) gross thinking of people having an agenda like that.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) So the cicadas are gone. So I haven't seen any here. I have no idea. I think that there's been talks of them being here. But then a friend was just telling me the other day that that's apparently not supposed to happen. But I do know, like, this time last year, I at least saw the spotted lanternflies, but I haven't even seen them so far.
1: Well, that's good, because they're very destructive. (laughs) They're bad, bad bugs. They're Like, cicadas are okay, because they don't harm anything. They're blind, they don't bite, they don't sting, and everything can eat them. Like, foxes and frogs and snakes and whatever. Every animal can eat them, and it's fine. But those lanternflies, they ruin trees. Yeah. So that's a problem. So I'm glad they're not around. At least they're not around yet.
0: I'm so amazed by your snow white kind of life right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. Oh my God. It's absolutely that. Like we go through phases with animals. Like Mm -hmm. I would say in April, we heard this like bark scream very late at night, like at 2 (laughs) AM. And we were like, is there a stray dog? Do we does it need our help? And we looked out the window and it was this fox. And he was just like barking into the night, looking for friends, for food or whatever. But this red fox just hanging out right outside of our apartment. And we haven't seen him in a while. Um, but then in earlier than that, in March, there were these snapping turtles in the lake and they look like dinosaurs. Oh my gosh. They're the oh my God. Thing. They're huge. They're like, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like bigger than a dinner plate. Like. Huge, 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 huge. And they would fight in the water. And you could see them fighting like these Godzilla <laughs> things flapping in the water. And that was really scary. And then we saw snakes. And now there are deer everywhere. it's It's crazy, man. it's there's so many animals around
0: it's so funny because I feel like when you're in Philly, it's a concrete jungle for the most part, except yeah. for West Philly. And I think that's what I really like about West Philly is that there's so much green and there's so much, it feels like you're more connected to nature. But I feel like otherwise, you kind of forget that animals even exist. (laughs) (laughs) Like, whenever I go to Virginia, I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much grass. And look at the birds and the squirrels. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, it feels like I'm going camping, even though I'm honestly in a suburb.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm very partial to West Philly. You know, I lived in a couple different neighborhoods of philly but i love west philly best i just i like the community i remember living kind of farther away from the campuses in west philly at one point in like Mm -hmm. a like a row house area and there were raccoons like a pair of raccoons that would walk around and i'd see them every once in a while but they were very funny have you seen a raccoon
0: I have not seen a raccoon, but I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen mice. I've seen possums. Oh,
1: possums are scary.
0: They are scary. (laughs) Like, people always talk about raccoons being scary. But possums, they literally look like huge rats. And they have, like, those red (laughs) eyes.
1: Yes. And they scream. Oh, it's awful. It is awful.
0: But I've seen those. I've seen, on occasion, I'll see a fox. But of course, none of it's during daytime. Like daytime, you don't see any animals. I just see birds.
1: And weird people, you know.
0: And weird people. (laughs) Like I live on the Citizen app. Did you have the Citizen app?
1: The Citizen app? I've never heard of that.
0: It's really, I think, a necessity if you live here. (laughs) Um, But it's essentially kind of like a radar. Think of it like Grindr. But except for sex, it's for learning what crime is around you. (laughs)
1: oh my gosh wow yeah so that's very useful
0: yeah it is really useful so occasionally like you'll get really phony notifications like man wielding sword or woman with (laughs) yeah literally or a woman with umbrella striking pedestrians or like weird shit like that but on occasion you know there's real things they'll give you updates on like nearby car crashes fires there's been a quite a few like weird stuff that's happened near me ever since the pandemic began
1: really like what
0: (laughs) I don't know I'm laughing it's not funny but there was this domestic situation that happened a block away where this woman I think she was having a mental health crisis and she's like slashed her son in the bathtub and then she tried to take her own life and I think Luckily, someone intervened before things got really bad. Well, things were already pretty bad, but you know what I mean? Before yeah, things yeah. Went, went further. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of been the trend in Philly the past year. I think because of unemployment and stress and general city life on people that these things still happen.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's, I remember when I left West Philly a year ago, there was unrest like that. And there were just some city issues as well. Like, like there was, I don't know what the story was, but I remember trash pickup and recycling was very delayed. So the streets were just piled with trash. And I think it definitely put the whole neighborhood on edge because it didn't smell good and everything was like blowing in the wind.
0: There's been a huge spike in crime. Has that been the same case for you, even though you basically live in the woods now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, I. it's hard for me to say. I feel very disconnected to Columbia, where I live, as well as Baltimore, because I haven't been able to explore either places as much as I'd like to because of the pandemic. Everything is now just reopening and... I haven't been to Baltimore that many times yet. What I can say as an observation at the times that I've been to Baltimore is that Mm -hmm. it looks and feels a lot like Philly. Although I haven't seen Philly, you know, post-pandemic what that looks like either. But I do remember being in Philly at the beginning of this pandemic. I moved in July 2020 and it was tough. It was really hard walking down Walnut and seeing everything closed. There were very few restaurants open. The library Mm -hmm. was closed. Gyms were closed. It was just sad. It was sad to see everything shut down. And I would, from a personal standpoint, be like, oh man, I miss these things to go to. But all my neighbors are probably saying, I miss these places where I could work and earn a living. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on such a higher level. It just, everyone was in a bad mood and unsure of what what was going to happen next and it it hurts it hurts to see a city suffering like that
0: it's true and i was trying to remember when you had moved because it feels like you moved so long ago but i think that just might be because the pandemic has been like has made time seem really fucking slow
1: yes (laughs) um
0: it really has but like you moved at a really crazy time. Like July, that was like right after all of the protesting and the riots. And when all the businesses, yeah, were boarded up because of just the mayhem that was going on in Philly and around yeah. the country.
1: That was really hard. Once the, I think the closest thing that happened to where I was, I was on the corner of 44th and Walnut. There was this like a convenience type store across the street next to mm-hmm. the grocery store that I would shop at. And I always thought it was kind of quaint and funny because there was a Mac machine, like not even an ATM, but mm-hmm. an MAC machine, which I hadn't seen since the 90s. I was like, this is like a beautiful relic. It's like a, <laughs> a, like a payphone. You don't really see those very much anymore. Yeah. And there was a situation where someone was putting homemade explosives in ATMs.
0: Yeah, I remember and that. So,
1: yeah, someone someone did that to that Mac machine and the little convenience store was boarded up. And I remember passing by that, like maybe the day or two after that happened and the owner of the store kind of standing outside of his property, almost like a guard dog guarding his place because mm-hmm. it had been attacked. And that was a horrible thing to see. And I hated it. You know, he was an probably in his 60s or 70s. I would guess he'd been there a while. It wasn't a good feeling. The Aldi's down the street too was boarded up for about a month.
0: Yeah, Uh, it it didn't really feel like real life. And I think now that we're kind of climbing out of the pandemic and life is kind of resuming back to normal, at least here in the US. I think we kind of forget (laughs) that all of that happened and the craziness and with Trump holding the Bible at that church, and
1: oh my gosh, so yeah,
0: yeah, it was such a weird time to be alive, and I'm thankful that things are getting better, and especially in philly, like I mean the crime is still happening, but
1: sure, sure,
0: it's less depressing, and a ton of people are out now, and a lot of people are are back to work, and yeah, things are kind of finally going back to normal
1: they are the black lives matter movement was in full swing, I guess my last few months in Philly. It was a tough time because I wanted to join in, but also I was I was very afraid of the pandemic. I was nervous, it made me very scared to actually even just be in a city that was so populated, to share a building with mm-hmm. I don't know how many other people. That made me really nervous. And so I'd see all these beautiful protests, but then they would turn ugly. So there would be a um, instigator that would go and make it turn violent. And it was just awful to be reading about it. And I definitely felt helpless. But here we are a year later. It seems like there's been some improvements and some voices have been heard. And happy Juneteenth, by the way.
0: I know. (laughs) I totally
1: forgot it was the 19th. Oh my goodness. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Happy Juneteenth. Woo, How exciting.
1: It's,
0: Yay. Yeah. It's now a federal holiday, which is great. I know there's a lot of mixed opinions about yes. Juneteenth online, but I think it's worth celebrating. And yes, there's tons of more work that needs to happen towards equality and closing generational wealth gaps, etc. But I think we kind of have to take what we can get for right now. And I'm happy that at least it's getting some recognition.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautifully put. I don't think making it a federal holiday is going to change everything and every mindset. But it's lovely that it's being honored in this way. I think that's really special.
0: There was a tweet that was basically calling it out that was like, I'm so glad that we can finally get a coal cell um, (laughs) for (laughs) Juneteenth. (laughs) And I feel like that's so true. Like corporate America, if they can make money off of anything, they will do it. I mean, that's, that's what they do with Pride Month, really.
1: Yeah. How is Pride Month going in Philly, by the way?
0: There's nothing really official going on. There have been okay. block parties and stuff at the clubs and the bars, etc. I honestly haven't really been a part of it this summer. It's a weird summer for me because I'm in a lot of transition with school ending and new jobs, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that's fine. You know, you're mm-hmm. in your clinical and that's, that's definitely a priority that takes up a lot of time, as it should. So that's fine.
0: Yeah it, <laughs> yeah, it takes up a lot of time. But yeah, I haven't been so much in the pride mood. I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't really feel like summer to me. Like summer is my favorite season, but this year it just seems kind of like, I don't know, like any other day. It seems less special to me. Oh, <laughs> womp womp. I know. It's whomp, whomp. <laughs> I'm trying
1: to celebrate summer. Now that the pandemic is coming, not coming to a close, but that we're vaccinated and we're, we're trying to find our new normal. Yeah. I got season tickets to Six Flags, the amusement park.
0: Yeah, I like love with, Six Flags.
1: Yeah, I thought I did too. Um,
0: <laughs> what? You thought you did?
1: I grew up loving roller coasters and I would go to the Six Flags in New Jersey because I'm, I'm from Philly. But there's one here in Maryland, very close to where we live. And Steve and I went, and I got, like, very dizzy and headaches on, like, all of the roller coasters. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. And, like, oh, my gosh, there were all these, like, sweaty BO teenagers there. I was like, I don't know if I love (laughs) this anymore. What have I done?
0: You know what it is, right? You know why that is, right?
1: Well, I'm getting older.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's getting older. I feel like. With age, I kind of just don't even want to be bothered most of the time. So going yes. to going to an amusement park filled with a bunch of people that bother you. Ooh.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a great amusement park. Don't get me wrong, but it was like every roller coaster. I was like, oh my gosh, my head is killing me afterwards, and they were good roller coasters. It's just. I don't know if it's for me anymore. Like (laughs) the whole time, I was just thinking, I'd kind of rather be home with my dog. Oh my goodness, what have I done?
0: (laughs) What have I done? What have I done? This is a Uh, year
1: commitment.
0: (laughs) Back in March, I went to Nickelodeon Universe.
1: Ooh, where is that?
0: So that's in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So it's right outside of New York. It's at that new, yeah, the new American Dream Mall. Okay. And that was a lot of fun. Like I still love roller coasters. I do realize though, lucky. I <laughs> I feel like I have more anxiety on them now. And I feel like okay. that might also be an age thing where I'm like, oh my God, is it really gonna do this? Is it really gonna do this? But when you're a kid, that doesn't even go through your head. You're just like, hell yeah, I'm having fun.
1: <laughs> yes. You don't even think about it. You just want like the biggest and the baddest roller coaster. But now it's like, can I handle that corkscrew? Can I can I handle that drop? Is that going to kill me?
0: Well, Caroline. So, Carol, I went with Caroline. And apparently, she went drinking the night before. And okay. so, when, when we got there, she was like, I can't do it i can't ride these (laughs) rights i'm hungover like i will throw up and i honestly wasn't a very good friend i was pushing her because i was like we just drove an hour to this place like we're gonna (laughs) ride rides yes and she did end up throwing up not on (laughs) a rock but she threw up in the bathroom because we took a little break and i'm gonna be honest like I know some people listening might be like, oh, my God, like, grow up, it's Nickelodeon. But those roller coasters were no joke.
1: (laughs) I remember, is there a similar one at the Mall of America in Minnesota?
0: Yeah, I think.
1: I think we did. I can't, I just, I don't really remember the theme, but I remember it was like cartoon themed. And those roller coasters were like, they were intense.
0: They are intense. Like, they're not kitty rides. Like, it's not like, here's Dora the Explorer. You're going to go walk across the forest to Grandma's house. Like, that's not at all (laughs) what it was. Like, these roller coasters had flips and spins and whatever else roller coasters do. Sound old, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, even when we were in Minnesota, like four years ago... I had no problem with roller coasters. I was having a great time. Now, oh no. Oh no. (laughs) How old are you? I am 28. I'll be 29 in September. I forgot my birthday for a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, I don't know when I'll be 29.
1: I don't know. Honestly, like I forget my age number quite frequently. I just, I don't know. I don't say it out loud very much. So I forget sometimes, but I know Mm -hmm. I'm 28. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It kind of stops mattering to a point. Like, I will say I'm 30 now and I'm halfway to 31. And I will say 30 does feel different from like 29 and 28. But I mean, it all starts to blend really. Like you're an adult and it's less about your age and it's more about your maturity, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How... (laughs) Is Steve.
1: Steve is great. Let's see. He is an adjunct professor at Howard Community College, and he's also added on an online class at Chesapeake College as well, both located here in Maryland. His work base is Howard Community College, and we live five minutes away from the campus. Mm -hmm. He's been teaching online for the past year and a half, and in the fall, they are projected to go back in person, which he's excited for, but also nervous. Yeah. He's been teaching public speaking at Howard and Chesapeake. He's been a public teaching speaker for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And he's been teaching how to give speeches virtually for the past year and a half, which is very strange and very different. But um, it's worked out and he still has a job, thank goodness. I think we both got very lucky with our employment over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But he's also directing on the side, which is really exciting.
0: Oh, that's exciting. What is, what is yeah. he directing?
1: So he is the assistant director to Jenny Mail. You know that name. I love Jenny. Yes. And they're directing an outdoor production of a comedy of errors at the college. So it's college students of early 20 year olds and maybe a couple 18, 19 year olds, college age kids. Yeah. And they're doing a beautiful farce outside on the stage and it it actually opens on Wednesday.
0: Oh, super soon.
1: Yeah, super soon. So he's loved working with that and kind of reentering the theater world. I'm He's so revved up and excited and energetic when he comes home from rehearsal and he wants to tell me all about it. And it's mm-hmm. it's really nice to experience that through him, honestly, because I know he's so passionate about it. So that's I'm really happy he has that and then also this teaching gig to keep us afloat as well. So he's doing well. He's doing very well.
0: I have to say, I was really worried about theater during all of this and actually one of the episodes I recorded on the podcast last year I got to talk oh yeah I got to talk to Jen Diaz and Ben Thierke about kind of like what does the future of theater look like after the pandemic so I'm relieved that things are kind of going back to normal because it seems like a lot of my friends that are still performing are finding work
1: yeah and I'm happy to hear that I haven't been following it super closely just because I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm starting a new chapter where I'm not doing theater or it's not as important to me. But mm-hmm. I haven't been projecting myself in the theater community here in, in the Baltimore area as much as I did when I was in Philly. It's a new platform. I don't know the people here in, in Baltimore. So it's, it's not that it's not as easy. Like I can still network here, but it just doesn't seem as important to me right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's perfectly fine. Like, you just have to live your life. Yeah. Um, theater is so consuming. It just kind of like, in a good way and a bad way, it just kind of sucks your soul and your time. And you have to lit- literally pour all of yourself into it, usually.
1: Yep. And if it makes you happy, that's wonderful and a great fit. But if there's something else, that's, you can be successful and an easier way for you personally, then that's cool too. But I'm glad that your friends are finding work in theater. I think that's super important and we need the arts back in our lives so we can get out and be more social.
0: Speaking of the arts, you know, this is coming because I definitely <laughs> have to ask you about it because it's artsy. I mean, it's not theater, but I know that you've been binging younger and that you... I think you also did a recent rewatch of Sex and the City, right?
1: Yes, I did. So I rewatched Sex and the City seasons 1 through 6B, so the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. then the movies 1 and 2, which... And I've seen all of that many times before, but I've never watched it in order the way I just did. Mm -hmm. And then... I was looking up recommendations for TV shows to watch next. And I saw that Darren Starr, who produced Sex in the City, also created Younger. And I remember, I remember us talking about it, me and you, because you're such an avid Hillary Duff fan.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Um,
1: and so I was like, I'll give it a try. Sure, why not? And I saw that it was seven seasons. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a commitment. But it's it's a joyous show. It definitely has similar ideas and themes from Sex and the City. Yeah. And they use some of the same actors, which is really cool. Like actors that had smaller roles on Sex and the City now have bigger roles on Younger. And I think it's a great story talking about age and development and... I don't know what New York is like in the modern day because it's New York is not like it was in Sex and the City. It's very different now. And um, I kind of
0: wonder like was New York ever like how it was portrayed in Sex and the City? I feel like Sex and the City had a very specific like aesthetic that they were going yeah. for.
1: It was a lens for sure, for sure. I think the Putting Manhattan on a pedestal was definitely a concept. There was so much hate about like when Miranda moved to Brooklyn and when they (laughs) had to go to Staten Island. And there's similar themes to that on Younger, but they do embrace Brooklyn as a place that's viable to live, which I guess (laughs) is fine. Um, But you're right. I don't know. I was, let's see, Sex and the City started in 98. I was like six years old, so I have no idea. I remember going to see The Lion King in New York, but like
0: (laughs) Times Square is
1: certainly not a good representation of New York as a whole.
0: (laughs) It's really not. So it's kind of funny that you say that because I actually just finished rewatching Sex and the City as well. Kind of like you, I just kind of caught it whenever it was on TV. So I actually ended up seeing most of the episodes just not in order but I watched seasons one through six B and I just finished it a couple weeks ago. And then I watched the movies. I had seen the first one before several times, but I actually watched the second one for the first time. And that (laughs) movie, Angie is atrocious.
1: It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. Yeah. I think it's like Carrie at her worst behavior, honestly, (laughs) Like, honestly, the moment that sticks out the most to me in that movie is when Samantha gets in trouble with the law. Like, I think she has sex on the beach.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. In
1: Abu Dhabi, and she gets in trouble for it. And Carrie storms into Miranda's bedroom, flips on the lights, and just says, Get up. Samantha (laughs) needs a lawyer now. And Miranda Hobbs says, Okay, I'm coming. And it's like... Since <laughs> since when are you a Carrie's lackey? You need to wake <laughs> up and be like, "This is not how I like to be woken up." Like, and the way she bullies Charlotte the whole movie, I'm like, "Gosh, this is like," and and Carrie's an adult, you know. It's Embarrassing.
0: Carrie Carrie Car- Car is literally. I mean, she is. She's the worst character on that show, and I she think is. she's so problematic and. I hate her like I <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hate her I hate her
0: um, <laughs> her point of view is just like she's so into herself and her whole thing with Big and is just the most toxic thing ever
1: oh, oh yes yes
0: I don't know why they try so hard to push that agenda for you to be on board with whatever's going on with her and Big but they're both awful awful people and do you remember the episode where carrie was at big's apartment and his ex natasha caught her there
1: yeah that was a really sad episode it was sad yeah i remember where she's just walking around his apartment looking in the fridge and then natasha comes home and she chases carrie out and chips her tooth on the stairs
0: ouch yeah that that was really graphic
1: Yeah, because there's blood and awful (laughs) awful awful and like it's just so interesting because natasha i believe in the show was 25 yeah and so carrie i remember carrie taking her to the hospital which was the right thing to do but Mm -hmm. it's just so nasty and then Carrie trying to seek validation and acceptance and forgiveness from Natasha and Natasha's like you're not going to get it
0: I loved that (laughs)
1: moment yeah when she sits down and has lunch with her uninvited and Natasha goes I'm going to scream I was like (laughs) literally (laughs) scream at her please
0: like Please. you can you can tell that the writers don't even like care. Like no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Natasha, yeah, at that lunch, she specifically said, "You ruined my marriage, and now you're trying to like ruin my lunch." Yes, I was, like, I was like, "Yes, put her in her place."
1: Yes, absolutely. Like she's a character who thinks the world revolves around her, and it's just like the big conflict for her in the second movie was the TV in the bedroom. And she couldn't oh. get over it. I'm like, John has bought you this beautiful apartment. And like you still have your old apartment. It's like you have everything. Can you give him one? Like he works every day yeah. at an office. Yeah. You get to write yeah. when you feel like it. Can you just let him have this one thing? Like seriously. He's committed to you. He's married to you. You have the perfect apartment and your old apartment. Can you let him have the TV? Seriously.
0: She, Yeah, she was devastated about that TV as an what was it, like an anniversary gift?
1: Yeah, yeah. And she hated it. And he was like, okay, like, you got me a watch. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it it just doesn't matter. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Bad. Sex and the City. I know they're making that sequel series. I am excited to watch that, even though I'm a little apprehensive because I don't want to sound ageist, but at the same time, I'm like, what is there left to really see with these characters? Like, are they still having the same sexual situations and, like, Samantha's not going to be in it? and I I, I don't know.
1: For me, it's, like, it's bittersweet that Kim is not going to be part of it. I'm happy that the actress, you know, she's being autonomous and and telling the world what she wants to do and her agenda, which is awesome. But at the same time, I think she was the best part of the show. So I have doubts that it will be successful and what we're looking for but you know they named it something different and just like that i think is what they're calling it so it's not sex in the city it's something different which is respectful of the character samantha but at the same time you're like yeah i don't know if i want to see carrie you know halfway (laughs) through her life acting like a fool i'm kind of done with that like i think charlotte was wrapped up like a button very sweet I think in the first movie, she had this really sweet line where someone said like, who the hell is happy every day of their life? And she said, I am not all the time, but every day of my life, I think about how happy I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, these are all very privileged women, right? Um, They have very different lifestyles, I think, from the average New Yorker, let's say like the average person. But I think that was a beautiful wrap-up for Charlotte and Miranda. I hated how they played Steve in the movies. I was very upset about his plot lines. But um,
0: Him you know, cheating on her. Yeah, yeah, that was
1: upsetting. But they figured it out and they're happy in Brooklyn. And Carrie's just nitpicking. And it's like, I, I don't know if I need to see that. You know, Carrie's now written four best-selling books and it's like that's great that's her ending so <laughs> we'll see what happens I think it'll be interesting because I think Miranda and Charlotte's kids are grown up that's something oh, yeah to see what happens there like maybe I can't remember their ages but I think like Brady will be in his 20s
0: yeah he's got to be like at least like 18 19 or 20 years old yeah
1: And Lily and Rose are probably, what, high school? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But it'll be interesting to see. It definitely interesting to watch and discuss, but I don't know if it'll be quality.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I think it'll be, yeah, popular talk that people will have. And we'll see. I'll probably still watch, but I'm not super into it. How far are you into Younger now?
1: I believe I'm on season five. I was actually just watching before you called. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's great. I have opinions, though. Definitely. What are Um, your opinions? So, I think I'm a little fixated on the character of Charles, who is Liza's boss on the show. He runs Empirical Publishing. Yeah. And someone described him as a Brooks Brothers model. Like, he's (laughs) tall and chiseled and, like, 40-something and... Always in a three-piece suit and has very little to say that's opinion. He's just kind of all fact. But he and Liza have their flirtation and he's got his whole marriage to work out. Mm-hmm. But it seems a little problematic to me. First of all, the show is kind of like Sex in the City. You only get one ethnicity. And oh that's a problem. God. That's, that's a problem.
0: a thing with Darren Starships in general. Because, yeah, yeah, he's done Sex in the City younger... Beverly Hills, 90210, and now Emily in Paris, which I absolutely don't like.
1: (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that, but I won't watch it then.
0: No, it's terrible.
1: It's like, this is New York. You have to do better than just white people. Yeah. It's extremely diverse. So that's not acceptable. So there's that issue. But then there's also the issue of there's a man and like three women report to him. It's just very strange that like the highest executive on the show is this 40-something man who doesn't really seem to do anything except for hold meetings where he divides the work (laughs) to like three women who are on different levels of power. And it's just very strange to me. I like how they talk about age dynamics today in the workforce and like what's expected Mm -hmm. and Oh, not even what's expected, but like the ultimate goals for each age group and what what's acceptable. I think yeah. that's a nice conversation to be having. But then like, you know, they even discuss it on the show. Charles has many meetings with his lawyer about like his discretions with Liza. Like, oh, you kissed a 26 year old in the office. That's an issue. And it's like, yes, that is an issue. And then um, it's just crazy. It's,
0: ugh, I don't I, I, know. I'm, I didn't even think about that, like the power dynamic with all of these women working for this man.
1: Yeah. It bothers me. It really does. And then and then like there's the character of Zane that comes on. He's like the token black man of the show. And he's kind of a villain.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A villain.
1: (laughs) He's a villain. (sighs) And like he's like a Dastardly, like, handsome, charming villain. But it's like, could you be a little bit more inventive? Like,
0: (laughs) I didn't enjoy the character of Zane. I thought that was a weird and kind of unnecessary addition.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. He just kind of causes drama for Kelsey. And I'm a huge Kelsey fan. So I'm kind of against Zane just because I love the character of Kelsey.
0: I think one (laughs) of my biggest gripes with younger is mm-hmm. that I feel like some of the repeated plot points are kind of overdone. Like, it's always like, will she pick Charles or will she pick Josh? And then yeah. at the end of every season, there's kind of like, oh, someone's going to reveal her secret or someone's <laughs> going to find something out else about her. And that got kind of old. And so while I enjoyed Younger, I definitely think it could have ended like one or two seasons earlier than it did.
1: I see. Yeah. I was kind of hoping, because I'm on season five, that Liza and Josh are done. Mm -hmm. But, like, Josh still keeps, like, looking at her and being like, is Liza the one? And it's like, no. No, No. she's
0: not. (laughs) She's
1: really not.
0: Like, let's move on.
1: (laughs) Let's move on, guys. Let's move on. But, yeah, it's it's difficult because I think, well, similar to Sex in the City, You know, people ask you, were you Team Aiden or Team Big? And it's like, neither. I guess Team Big if I had to choose because Carrie and Big are both kind of, in a way, selfish. Where Aiden, he's very giving and Carrie can't reciprocate that kind of love.
0: Carrie Um, did not deserve Aiden. Aiden was too good for Carrie.
1: Yeah. And then like Sex and the City too. I can't believe that's how they left things with Aiden. That was very wrong. (laughs) Very wrong indeed. Very wrong.
0: Um, I'm just going to pretend like that movie doesn't even really exist. It's for the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Angie. So I have one last question now that we are nearing the end of our time together. Okay. But if you could call anyone from your past, who would you call and why?
1: Anyone from my past? Anyone. Um... That's a hard question. Um, it
0: is. It's like, here you go. Here's a hard one.
1: I guess my grandma, my grandmother and I had a great relationship. She's, she passed away mm-hmm. about eight years ago, but she lived far away from me growing up and I only saw her at holidays, but we had a great phone relationship, you know, and she would always end every phone conversation with grandma loves you and she'd throw in like opinions every now and then, like. I remember one Christmas, I came home with bangs and she hated them. And she asked me (laughs) like over the phone six months later, like, are the bangs grown out? And I was like, yes, grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's like, thank God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She just hated those bangs. But like, she was a great phone call and she was funny and I missed those conversations. So I guess I would call my grandma.
0: That's super sweet. I think... Probably likewise, I'd call my grandma or call my aunt to let them know how I'm doing and how life is, et cetera. So I think that's uh, relatable.
1: Yeah, yeah. We all miss the people that have passed and hope they're in a better place.
0: For sure. Um, But I just wanted to thank you so, so, so much for coming on to the podcast. I don't even think you knew I had a podcast until I, I did you. <laughs> You're like, what?
1: I'm happy to know now. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I'm super glad that we were able to catch up and talk Sex in the City and Younger and everything and, you know, how your life is going. I'm, I do follow everything that's going on on Facebook. Like I see your new dog.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm a, obsessed with that.
1: He's a good little boy. How old is he? He's 8 months now.
0: Oh my god, he's a baby.
1: He's like it's like living with a 4-year-old. He's just like still discovering new things and testing boundaries. He's a very good dog.
0: Well, dogs are the new children.
1: Yes, they are. Absolutely. <laughs> he's our child. He's our little
0: baby. <laughs> he's our child. Like I feel like we used to joke about that in society, but now now it's like actually a thing. Like this is this is my son, how dare you.
1: <laughs> it's real. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and I will talk to you soon.
1: I'll talk to you soon. Happy Juneteenth.
0: Happy Juneteenth. I'll
1: talk to you later, Victor.
0: Talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.